You're listening to a podcast from 702 and Cape Talk. The Literature Corner. And today we're going to introduce you to a very obnoxious person. Her name is not Tracy Lee. Tracy Lee Eastorp is anything but. I'm judging her just based on three minutes of interaction. She's the opposite of obnoxious. She is almost objectionably nice. Um, I declare her until anyone who knows her more intimately tells me otherwise. But Tracy Lee is an author who has invented an obnoxious character called Obnoxious Naledi. And she joined us now. Not Naledi, that is, but Tracy Lee. Tracy Lee, good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm also very excited because I feel very passionate about the importance of us writing our own stories and our own characters. And you and I can talk for days about the importance of literature, reading to children, having a more diverse set of books to choose from if you go to any bookstore and you have little mm-hmm. kids in your in your life but the best way to demonstrate the alternative is to write the stories that you didn't have as a as a kid yourself yes and to demonstrate rather than to describe so maybe a good starting point is for you to simply read from the book tell us the title read a little bit and then after that we we can chat okay great so the title of my book is obnoxious now lady and the poppy smick fairy Poppy smick is a real word. (laughs) It is. Okay, so I'll just read uh, the first few pages. So before I begin our story, I think it is necessary to explain to you all precisely what a poppy smick is. After all, what's the use of a story with a poppy smick fairy in it if you don't even know what a poppy smick is? Now the best way to explain this to you is first to tell you and then to show you. Better yet, we can do one together. A poppy smick is an unusual word for the name of a rather usual sound. A poppy smick is the sound that you make when you smack your lips together. Shall we try making a poppy smick together? Yes, you say. Well, let us begin. First, tuck your lips tightly in towards your mouth, as if you have a secret you shall never let out. Now open your mouth wide and let your lips free. That sounded precisely like a poppy smick to me. The Poppy Smick Fairy is a magical creature who visits Naledi with a lesson to teach her. Naledi's obnoxious, and what does that mean? She's as rude and annoying as ever you've seen. The next page starts a story of a girl quite contrary called Obnoxious Naledi and the Poppy Smick Fairy. So let's turn the page, help the story unfold. A secret lies hidden there in it, I'm told. Oh, you're not going to turn it. No. <laughs> you have to buy the book to find out what the secret is. <laughs> That's absolutely lovely. And the illustrations are also beautiful. Who did the illustrations? Let's do a shout out to them because illustrate, illustrators often don't get their due. Yes, they don't. Um, so the illustrations were done by Marcus Moshapalo, mm. um, who's somebody that I've known for a very long time. And the illustrations were really beautiful. Um, we've been talking about doing this for a very long time. So... You know, when it did come to, come down to doing it, we worked really well together, and that was it was a beautiful thing. So, my lady is this obnoxious character who loves singing, drumming. Yes, and she loves pop. Uh, poppy smick is her favorite sound to make. I love that word now. I must use it at least once today. Yes, and <laughs> you should make a poppy smick. Okay, do it again. The sound. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Love it. <laughs> a poppy smick right there. Why did you set out to? Right, obnoxious no lady. I know you've got an 11-year-old, right? Yes, I do. So I've always wanted to be an author from the time I was six years old. 
Um, I loved reading. I read everywhere I went and never left home without a book and a backup book, <laughs> just in case. Um, so I've always wanted to write. And then um, the idea for this book came along. It's, it's actually kind of strange. I was watching a romantic comedy, <laughs> and this woman really liked unusual words. And Poppy Smick was one of the words. And I thought, that's an amazing word. Like, that's something that's fun and yeah. that's you can teach kids. And I wanted to do something where... I could teach kids a lesson hmm. as well as make um, spark a curiosity for words hmm. and ignite a passion for reading. Yeah, and there are two, two difficult words in that title mm -hmm. already. Besides Poppy Smoke, the other one is obnoxious. You kind of yes. obnoxious is a bit like porn. You know it when you see it, but it's hard <laughs> to define in one sentence. Yes. So it immediately gives an opportunity for mom or teacher mm -hmm. or dad or sibling to have a conversation. Yes. So the story draws you in because. It's a wonderful story. It's a magical world. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, there's the opportunity for forming a bond. You can read aloud with your child. Yes. And um, the way I've written the book as well is so that it's very interactive. So like you heard in the beginning how um, I asked the kids or whoever's reading it, would they like to make a poppy yes. smack together? So it's like the and book And then they learn what onomatopoeia means, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and also... so. Somebody once said to me, um, how old, what is the age range for this book? So I'm, I, there's no real age range, but if we want to really put it down to so that, four to nine years old, and he asked me what the title was. So I said, Obnoxious No Lady and the Poppy Smick Fairy. And he said, oh, no, 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 obnoxious is too big a word for my five-year-old. And, you know, my view is that children learn language through reading and through listening and through context. And I don't see why we should dumb our kids down I agree. by just using very simple language, like you're only five, uh, so you should only know this language. Hmm. And we increase our vocab by being exposed to... 100%. Words, yeah. 100%. In fact, I was grappling, not for long, with how to introduce you, because I remember having a conversation about three or four years ago with Eleanor Sasulu about whether we should even refer to your writing as children's writing and mm -hmm. refer to you, which I did on the website, but that's for ease of reference for people who go to our website, yes. but I didn't say it on air, as a children's book author, mm -hmm. because you're just an author full stop. There are stories yes. to be told. And um, the magical thing about many of the books that we used to read as kids, even the ones that weren't necessarily place set in South Africa, whether you talk <laughs> The Hardy Boys, The Famous Five, The Secret mm -hmm. Seven, is that they're important universal themes in the good ones that will serve you as an adult, mm -hmm. right? And and so similarly, um, you are, as an author, having to engage children who love stories and the ageism in both directions, we need we need to get over it. Yes, I agree. I mean, like, um, so, like, Dr. Seuss is my hero. I love Dr. Seuss. And, I mean, his books, you'll see on the books, it's zero to 99 years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I had Huck Finn as my matric set with, mm -hmm. which was great fun. And you can read it at many different levels that you want to. Yes. And you'll be amazed what children do. It's, mm. it's amazing how we condescend to children. Yes, and I, and, I mean, children used to read things like Charles Dickens, Way Hectic. back in the day. They, yeah. I mean, adults can barely get through a book like that, and that was children's literature at that time. So now I don't understand why we kind of saying, this is how old you are, this is what you must be exposed to. Um, my son has been, I've been reading to him since he was little, and he reads now, and his vocab is amazing, and people are amazed. But I say to them, he just reads. Yeah. 
And so Naledi is going to have all sorts of other adventures, right, in other books, and it's going to become a whole series. How much are you thinking about Naledi in terms of the specific social context? Is she called Joanne at school, at Rodine? Or how much more authentically black or African is this story going to get? Okay, well, <laughs> this is... And I'm asking this because yes. of a conversation you and I had off air. Yes. We all lament the fact, we, we, we don't hate Enid Blyton, but we all say we wish there were more hmm. examples of stories written for us with characters like ourselves. Yes. And it's beginning to emerge. How much of ourselves are recognizable in a lady beyond her name? Okay, so... Um, so the actual story is, it's, it, the lesson behind the story is teaching you self-love and authenticity. Okay. How to be your authentic self and how to get your voice heard by just being your authentic self. Okay, so which I, is good whether yes. you're in Kunu or in Bath in England. Yes, because I think all of us want our voices to be heard, but some of us don't know how to and we take on other personas and we don't really, aren't really true to ourselves most of the time. So I think the story and the lesson behind it is a very global thing. It's not, it's not specific to any... But there is something to be said about <laughs> the... The cityscape being recognizable, right? Yes. We love films like Via that's set in, that's set in Johannesburg mm -hmm. um, because it is our own cultural milieu that comes alive on the screen. I'm sure that English kids who read about these five characters or seven characters at the end of term time will go on a train into the countryside to go and be with their Aunt Fanny or whoever have more of a chance of recognizing the descriptions of being yes. at some train station in the middle of London, for mm -hmm. example, than me sitting in Grahamstown reading this book and all I have is my imagination, <laughs> yes. wondering what lemonade or whatever you yes. taste like or ginger ale. So in that sense, without shying away from the wonderful challenge of writing globally, mm -hmm. there's something to be said for, for characters that are also recognizably in their detail Indeed. and texture. On yes, and I think oh, the fairy is a good example of that. Because, I mean, if you see the picture of the fairy, the fairy is dressed in her moshoshwe and she's... And we uh, deliberately made the fairy not the typical fairy that we know fairies. Disney has told us what fairies are like. It's an old grandmotherly figure because because uh, we thought, well, where do we get our wisdom from? Hmm. Where do we go to? We go to our elders. So why don't we represent the fairy to be to be something that is something that is familiar to us and something that Absolutely. we can identify with? Hmm. Sixteen minutes after ten o'clock. Are you a mom? Are you someone perhaps in early childhood development? Are you someone who teaches children who are young between the ages of four, five, and ten, eleven? I'm very curious. What books do they read? What books are in your library? What do you find when you go to bookstores? And what questions have you got for my author, Tracy Lee Eastorpe? And I hope the first question you will ask is, where can we get the book, Eusebius? <laughs> I'm going to put that question to her before the end of this discussion. But give us a call, 011-883-0702, and let's talk about children's books, what's available, what's not available. And I'm glad that the repertoire is slowly expanding in terms of choice in Cape Town on 021-446-0567. Tracy Lee, put on your headphones for me. We've got in Nuertuk, Penny, who's on the line with us. Penny, good morning. Good morning. You see this? I love your show and I'm absolutely loving listening to Tracy Lee. Um, congratulations, Tracy, on 
uplifting and empower our readers. Um, our readers, I mean, from birth to 90. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and you know, the power of the spoken word is so incredible. Um, and I love the fact um, that you, you are expanding our bookstores because, you know, I just think there's such a market out there at the moment for fresh literature, for um, culturally... You know, it has opened open the doors of culture to to all our, our little ones. And um, as an educator, I always say to my parents, some children have got the knack of, of picking up the nuances of a language. Mm. Mm. And, and and then, I mean, my daughter taught herself to read, to read by three. My boys never read a book ever. They uh, Even in matric, they didn't even read their separate books. And it's a, it's all about the nuances. If if you are able to pick up the nu- nuances, it, it it then opens. You know, it's easy for you. Some children don't find it easy, and that is why it's so important that parents every night you sit down and you read to your children. And that is to me as important as as reading books themselves. Mm. Letting letting the, the words just sort of flow into their heads, um, into their imaginations, and um, so, you know, you get kids who read, you get kids who don't. But to have a parent or a gobo or a anybody to read every night, to me, is the most precious gift you can give your child. And um, I am just can't, I can't wait to get hold of your books. Will you be available on Amazon? Um, so the book um, currently online is available on ethnikids.co.za. How do you spell it? Say again. Ethnikids. So it's E-T-H... E-T-H-N-I-K-I-D-S. And Ethnic Kids is an online children's bookstore. And all the authors there are South African authors. So you can find books um, in all the official languages as well. It's an amazing, amazing company. Um, So the book is available on there. It is also available at um, 27 Boxes at Book Circle Capital in Malville and Love Books in Malville and Bridge Books in Johannesburg City. And those are some of my favorite independent bookstores as well. So if you go to those bookstores, please, please, please ask about Obnoxious Naledi, 20 minutes after 10. The Literature Corner. One of my favorite things to get children's books authors, for lack of a better description, Mm -hmm. to explain to the public, is how hard it is to create magic with few words. The assumption is often that it's easier to write obnoxious Naledi, which may be, what, a thousand words in total max, than it is to write Eusebius's next book of 50,000. But the economy of language means that there's there's a kind of creative challenge that you have that is potentially worse than someone that can just spew a vast Mm -hmm. verbiage onto the page and hope that something sticks. Yeah, I mean, so I chose to write my whole book in rhyme, which was even more of a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) And to be able to get my message across and not be too long-winded about it because you need to keep the kids' attention Mm. as well. And to to get everything in there all at once, it, it was quite a challenge to write. Um but but I mean I loved I loved writing it. I really, really loved writing it. So it flowed, um but it, I mean there were times when I sat there and I was like, How do I and how do I make the rhyming not boring and not too too mundane? Sure. So that was that was quite a challenge. Darcy, good morning. Morning, Peter, how are you? Very good, thank you. 
We're always good when we're talking books. You know we love books on the show. Go ahead, Elsie. Hi. Uh, look, I just have a question. I've got a 12-year-old, and I'm really struggling to get her to read as often as I think she should. So my question is, what sort of book should I be buying for her to, you know, that will interest her? Or what, what should I be doing to actually get her to read a lot? Because we'll buy the books, but when it comes to her sitting down and actually mm-hmm. getting to read, it is a bit of a struggle. Well, what kind of books does she like? Does do you know? Does she know what kind of stories she likes? Well, it's uh, fairy tales and uh, girly books, uh, cupcakes. I know she loves cupcakes and um, the what's that other one that comes in like a full package? I forgot the names now. But um, she, yeah, so she does have a certain interest. We do buy it, but then the trouble comes when she needs to sit down and actually uh, read. Hmm. Tough one, eh? Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a, a general challenge that many parents have, particularly when you're also competing with screen time and all sorts yes. of other things in, in young teenagers' lives. But I think as a family, if as as a family, if you read and it becomes a thing, a reading culture within the home, mm-hmm. automatically the children will pick that up and they will sit and you have reading time as a family. So she, so your daughter sees mom read and whoever else is in the family read, then it's it becomes like a thing. Mm-hmm. In terms of the obnoxious element, I, when you said earlier that someone had reacted to the word being too big for his child, mm-hmm. what I thought you were going to say is that. He's going to say, no, 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 that is just going to turn my child into a little obnoxious uh, prat <laughs> as well. How did you decide on that particular characteristic to be the one to foreground in a lady's character? I mean, it's fun. Children yes. can often be very precocious or obnoxious. Mm. Why obnoxious? Um, because, okay, because of the way the story went. So Naledi needed to be obnoxious because she doesn't want to listen to the lesson the fairy is trying to teach. Good girl. So she really fights it until the very, very end. And then she, when she is ready to listen, she actually learns about and being and her way of being seen and heard is through being obnoxious, being rude and annoying. And because that's how she that's how she feels like her voice. Will I be think heard. that's awesome. Sounds like my lady is a little person who understands that her agency must be asserted early on. Um, yes, but she's a little bit too much in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wonder what's going to come out of her mouth when you yes. <laughs> take her to the mall. Christopher, good morning. Hello, Christopher. Hi, Isidius. How are you? We're good, thank you. Go ahead. I'm good, thanks. And how's uh, and hello to your guest. Uh, my hello. question is, I wanted to know that what what age is it specifically for one parent to buy books for their children? From the day that they're born. <laughs> That's what I think. Um, you can start reading to children from really, really young and let them get used to books and, and read to them from a very young age. I used to read to my son from when he was a, a little baby. Um, so Do you have kids, Christopher? Okay, seems like we've lost Christopher there. Yeah, I mean, there's never a bad time to buy your 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 kids' books, mm-hmm. especially if you can afford them. Yes, you know? yes. And certainly, I would imagine it's more prudent to buy them books first before their first iPad. I think so. <laughs> I really think so. <laughs> what books did you read, and what were available for you when you grew up? 
I loved Enid Blyton. Enid Blyton was my favorite. Um, and then I would just read anything I could get my hands on, really. Um, and there wasn't anything in particular I can say that was my favorite besides Enid Blyton. So I was just one of those people who would just read whatever I could read. I wonder how much money Enid Blyton made off us, eh? Yes. Like the, <laughs> kind of like literary soundtrack to all of our years as, yes. as kids. What is available um, and how much diversity is there in South Africa in terms of books that are written that are place set in South Africa or in the region? Well, I think it's growing a lot. I know when my child was little, there was really not that much. But um, since, I've, since I've written my book and I have had... Um, lots of exposure with ethnic kids. Like ethnic kids has a large, large variety and a huge diversity of books. So it is growing, and I think it's growing really, really faster than we we would really think. Um, the difficulty comes in in just the publishing, especially in publishing a children's book. Um, not many publishing houses want to do children's books, and they have rules about what they want. Like one publishing house said, they won't accept books in rhyme. So um, when it comes to publishing, the challenges are really difficult because then the other options... So what's been your journey? How did you go about that? Because I, I, I've been, as an author, I know all about that. The publishing is a big yeah. problem, getting the marketing. Don't get me started. I can bitch and moan about the publishing yes. industry in this country till the cars come home. So I self-published. Um, I was very fortunate, actually, because there was someone I knew who knew someone who had just self-published. So he gave me that person's details, and I got into contact with the lady that helped her self-publish. Her name is Ray Nash from Obsidian World mm -hmm. Publishing. And she acted as the middleman for everything. So she does the editing, the proofreading, the sources, the printers, and that kind of thing. It, it was pro-noia, which is a distinct feeling that the universe is conspiring in my favor. That's what happened when... I had to, but if I didn't meet that person at that time, I don't know how. It was hard to try and find which is the right person to go through if I want to self-publish. We also live in a world, not just in a country, where you can't be a full-time author because it's just not profitable. No. So <laughs> what, what do you actually do when you're not thinking about Nelady? I am an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Completely different. <laughs> yes, so that's my day job. Okay. And what are your habits around writing then? What sparks the writing in terms of your mechanics? Um, when you write, what prompts it? It's very weird. I mean, I often like writing late at night, early hours of the morning, or when I feel uh -huh. sharp emotion, you know, either snot and trana or elation. So for me, most of the time, because I used to write a lot of poetry when I was in varsity, and it's usually when I'm really sad <laughs> that I write my best stuff. Um, and... I, I, to be honest, I haven't really been writing much since I published this book because I've just been trying to get it out there. Hmm. Um, but uh, writing when I can. Obviously, your market are the little ones. Mm -hmm. Are there opportunities for authors like yourself to read your works to children over weekends, Saturday, Sunday, where yes. parents that are listening can take their kids. I, I often don't see much of that happening. In fact, I normally notice because I'm so shocked at how rare it is to even go mm. to one of our major chains and you suddenly see, oh, okay, there's a children's event that's put on because it seems to be so rare. I'm so happy that you brought that up <laughs> because Ethnic Kids, once again, has readings every single month. 
um, at usually at community libraries. If you go on their website or follow their Facebook page or Instagram, you'll see see the details of that. And then also those independent bookshops I mentioned, Love Books and Bridge Bridge mm. Books and Book Circle Capital, they also do readings. And we actually have an Ethnic Kids event coming up next week, Saturday, on the 2nd of March at Nairock Sculpture Park, where it's a, a few authors hmm. that are going to be telling their stories and reading their books. And Drum Cafe is going Beautiful. to be doing a drumming session with the kids. Oh, nice. Um, there's nice. going to be a picnic f- by Food I Love You. So that's next week from 10 to 4 at Nairock Sculpture Park. And even the adults are invited. And all the adults are so more than welcome. ethnickids.co.za. <laughs> yes. Congratulations and all the best with what I hope will be a successful series. Thank you very much. And uh, can I just say something? Like <laughs> with the series... It's not going to be a series of Naledi. <laughs> the theme of the series is unusual English words. So poppy smick is the word in this book, and the next book will have a different word, because, and each book will have a different character of a different race, different, different to, to represent all the different cultures in our country. And what's the next word going to be? Load shedding? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Tracy Lee. Thank you.